Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Indie Power Rankings Tag Team Top 5 reveal for the week of July 17th. Just a programming note ahead of time. Um, Amazing Maria was in an accident. Let me read this off to you guys. It was actually pretty bad. Originally, we were supposed to have Amazing Maria and uh, Samantha Heights on the show, but it has been dwindled down, unfortunately. And, you know, nothing against her because we love Samantha, but dwindled down because, uh, yeah, uh, Amazing Maria had uh, gotten into an accident yesterday, broke her nose, 25 stitches across her face. She had to see a specialist at 2.30 today. Um, she's due to uh, defend her strong style title, uh, her women's title over there uh, Saturday. That's three days from now. So I'm hoping she can recover for her sake and for the sake of the promotion. You know, we have a great relationship with strong style. So hoping that works out for them. Um, if not, then either way, uh, please get well soon to Amazing Maria. Uh, that being said, Samantha, we'll be calling in in a few minutes. So let me get straight into the tag team top five. Sitting at number five, uh, we've seen this team before, Damnation, Mad Polly, and Tetsuya Endo. Uh, they're sitting at number five. They had a great week. Um, you know, pretty typical for them, to be honest with you. They're always getting out there. They're always active. Well, when I say they're always getting out there, that just means they're active, to be honest with you. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily in a lot of promotions. Um, they're known mainly for DBT, and they went 2-0 there over the weekend as they beat um, – well, I'll butcher the names, but let's try it. Kaizusada, Higuchi, and Koiki Iwasaki uh, at DDT on 7:15, and then they teamed with Daisuke Sasaki, uh, Sasaki rather, on 7:16 to defeat Hiroshima, Dick Togo, and Mike Bailey. Uh, so that was their 2-0 record for the week. Then at number four, we've got the Rejects, the formerly known as the Tryout Show Rejects. It's uh, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley, the IWA Mid South Tag Team Champions. Uh, they successfully defended those titles against a very highly ranked team in last year's Tag Team Top 50, and that is Roscoe Eat Lisa. Um, good to see them back in my area again. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, so it's nice to see uh, Roscoe Eat Lisa around once again. Number three, Scarlett and Graves, Desmond Xavier, and Zachary Wentz. Despite the fact that they only had one victory, it was probably the biggest victory of the weekend, probably the biggest single victory of the weekend. Uh, they defeated uh, A.R. Fox and Jeff Cobb, who was subbing for Ray Phoenix on July 15th, to win those titles, uh, the AAW Tag Team title. So, got to give it up for them. Uh, Scarlett and Graves just killing it everywhere they go. Uh, Desmond and Xavier, and nothing against Zachary Wentz, but Desmond and Xavier is poised to be a superstar. Number two, boy, I get to the fun of pronunciations today. Kenneko Nakamori and Maki Natsumi. Um, they actually went 3-0 and to win the uh, Pure J Dream Tag Team tie, uh, Tournament rather over the weekend in Japan. Um, you can look up the results of that on the Tag Team Top 5 poll. 
rather than me rattling off every single team they beat. But I will do it for the number one this week because they are also people's champs. Um, they did exactly what Anthony Henry and James Drake, the U.S. version, did last week. They swept the official ballots of the voters at number one, and then they won the fan vote. So not only are they number one, they're people's champs also. It's the Jordy Bulldogs, Sean and Mark Denny. Uh, seen a lot of them in the Indy Power Rankings Tag Team Top 5 this year uh, and last year. You saw them in the Tag Team Top 50 in the mid-year update, which uh, will be released in writing here soon. You can always listen to the podcast at any time on this very network, filling the void. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, okay, so here they go. Uh, they, The AML and Rage Tag Team Champions defeated Outlaw Inc. at Classic Pro Wrestling on July 15th in the first round of the Crockett Foundation Cup Tag Team Tournament. And then they beat the Heat Seekers in the next round, uh, in the third round, or in the quarterfinals, if you prefer. Well, I guess it was the finals. No, it was the quarters. It was semis, rather. How about I screw that up about 12 times? They defeated the Old School Empire in the semifinals. And then in the finals, they defeated Tough Guy Inc., Brutal Bob Evans, and Tough Tim Hughes to go 4-0 for the uh, tournament and to easily, easily get a number one ranking and the People's Champs Award this week. You can follow them or like them on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jordy Bulldogs. You can always email them for booking info, mark9316 at yahoo.com. The Jordy Bulldogs pull it off this week. Uh, they pull off the clean sweep of all of the um, the votes. So, um, more power to them. I'm telling you, the Jordy Bulldogs, when we talked to them, you could tell how hungry they were, no pun intended, uh, and they've just continued that trend since then. Um, let me hit up Samantha Heights real quick, just to let her know we're on. I'm sure she'll be calling shortly, regardless. <clears throat> so, uh, a little news today coming out of the wrestling. Uh, Shane McMahon was in a helicopter crash today. I don't usually talk anything outside of independent wrestling, but Shane McMahon was in a helicopter crash a couple hours ago uh, around Long Island, and the man managed to survive and had no injuries. So, uh, yeah, Shane McMahon, doing what Shane McMahon does, being a superhero, and it's glad to hear he's okay. He didn't end up with all those injuries like uh, poor Amazing Maria. I feel so bad for her. Um, even though she's the most hated woman in wrestling, self-proclaimed, uh, pretty nice person outside of wrestling. So, um, let me just throw this out for her too. She is also the people's champ this week in the Indy Power Rankings. Maria was. Uh, you can buy her T-shirts. Maybe help her out with some medical bills. Pro Wrestling dot com slash Amazing Maria, and then hopefully she'll be up for competing against Rudy Jordan this weekend uh, at Strong Style and. Here shortly, Samantha's coming on. I'm just waiting for her to get logged in. I can tell she's here, but she'll be here in just a second. There she is. What's up, Samantha? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Well, we're both doing better than Amazing Maria, apparently. Geez, what happened? Did you get to talk to her at all? Uh, well, I got a little bit of information from her uh, a little bit ago. She said that her face got into a fight with some pavement, and so she's a out of commission right now. Uh, she didn't. She didn't no. give me too much information. Okay. It almost, she, sent she, picture, she, she sent me a picture. She sent me a picture, and it almost looked like she, uh, like she busted her face on something. Yeah, I was gonna say she said she uh, had to see a specialist today. Uh, well, yep. 
in about, uh, let's see, 30 minutes. But, um, and this is the last question I'll ask you about her because I want to talk about Samantha Heights too. Um, do you know if she's going to be able to work strong style this weekend? I mean, she, she, she promoted it earlier, but I'm thinking, you know, if her face looks like that, I don't know how that's going to go for her. You know, I know she's one, she's a tough lady. She really is. So I think she'll do everything that she can to, uh, to make that show. But judging by the picture she sent me, you know, I, I really don't know. And I also think it, it, you know, it might depend on, on what the specialist says. I mean, I know a couple of people who have had broken noses who have just had to wear the, uh, you know, the plastic face masks Mm -hmm. while they wrestle to prevent any further injury. So, you know, she might have that as an option, but I, you know, I, I hope she makes it, but I really don't know. Yeah. I hear you. Well, well, let's get into, uh, <laughs> I have a little joke, the, the original Five Feet of Fury, and that's Samantha Heights. Um, <laughs> Samantha, this is the first time we've had you on, so I won't, like, go completely into your history or anything, because we know you pretty well, and I think a lot of wrestling fans know you pretty well. But I do want to, you know, get into some basics. How long have you been doing this now? I know Dave Chris trained you, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when your first match was. Well, I uh, I started training with Dave about six years ago, a little over six years ago, and then I trained for about a year and a half before my first match. So it's been about four and a half years that I've actually been having matches, but I still train with him on a weekly basis. So that'll never end, I don't think. Do you help train other people too? I do. Um, you know, every time we get a new class of people, he's very, very much a believer of you know, you really get a better understanding and a better grasp of it if you can walk somebody through something, show them how to do it, and kind of help teach them. So he has us teach some basics and, you know, go through a few things, but nothing too in-depth. And, you know, it really has helped me in my game become better, you know, not only an understanding of the moves themselves, but how to execute them the best best way and best place to, to execute them in a match. So it's definitely helped. So your first match, I would assume, it was just an easy assumption on my part. It was at Rockstar Pro, correct? Actually, no. Um, there was a little place in Middletown, Ohio, that I had my first match at. I only had about four matches there. Um, my third match was actually at Rockstar. I had two matches at this place, and then the, uh, the old booker of Rockstar said, well, I didn't know you were already having matches. Do you want to have one here? And I said, I would love to. So then he booked me my third match ever against Jessica Havoc. <laughs> well, that's a hell of a fine thing to thrown into, right? To start. So how intimidating were you going in? I mean, I know Jessica, oh, man. you know, is a sweetheart, but still, to get in there with somebody that experienced and, and that physically imposing. Oh, yeah. No, she is, she is incredibly intimidating in the ring. I mean, everything about her, her presence, her moveset, so I'm, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, "Are you, are you kidding? All right, all, all right." And I mean, since then, I, I love Jessica. She's a great person, you know, in and out of the ring. She really is. But that was the first time that I had ever met her, and I was extremely intimidated. So when you get in there with somebody like that, you're the one that, you know, is the younger of the two. Clearly, um, you just kind of, you. Uh, you know, when she asks you, what do you want to do out there? You pretty much say, just listen. Basically. 
That's what I figured. And, you know, it's kind of like the bullpen situation. People talk about it all the time. You get in there with somebody like bullpen. Don't give opinions. You know what I mean? Just, just get in exactly. there and let them do what they want. Exactly. No, I have met a few, you know, a few, I don't want to say she's an old timer by any means, but she's definitely a veteran. You know, but I've met a few old timers and veterans who definitely still have that approach. But there are some that are, you know, that are very, uh, very lenient and very cool with, well, do you, you know, how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? You know, and those, those times when someone asks your opinion, you know, you want to give it, but it, you know, it's not something you want to give up freely. So when you're training with, you know, men, uh, obviously, you know, with they being your trainer and anybody else who, who pitched in, it, it probably isn't that hard of a transition into actually wrestling men. But talk a little bit about that. Like, when was your first actual match in front of an audience with a man? Let me think. Um, well, right off the right off the get go, I was in a few uh, mixed tag matches, like intergender tag matches, where I had a lot of interaction uh, with a few guys. I had a, I tagged with Alex Cologne, which was one of my first few matches, and then I actually tagged against Dave, Jake, Chris, and Nevaeh for like one, you know, some of my early matches too. Um, so, you know, I got into that pretty quickly, but my first one-on-one match with a guy was a, uh, a lethal lottery match. So everyone, everyone's name on the roster went into a fishbowl and we had a, uh, it was actually, it was at Rockstar Pro and we had a fan come up and draw two names out of the, uh, out of the bowl. And, you know, when we first found out that that was going to happen that night, I swear, every single person in the locker room, hey, Sam, how funny would it be if me and you got picked? How funny would it be if I had to wrestle you? And then the very first match of the night, my match was drawn to wrestle a guy named Matt Taylor. And that was that was my first interaction with, you know, wrestling one-on-one with a guy in the ring. And we just, it, the way that it worked was they called his name. They, he hit the ring. They called my name. I hit the ring. We just had a match. And that was it. So that was to be my first real experience with a guy, you know, and have it completely out of nowhere, not knowing, you know, I have, I wrestle him tonight. I know his moveset doing this and that. It was also, you know, pretty intimidating, just kind of going in blindly, really, completely blind. So I hate to get off on a tangent here, but I got to ask you about Matt Taylor because um, at the t- I remember in 2013, whenever we first started the rankings, mm-hmm. um, him and Aaron Williams were kind of at the same level. It looked like both of them were going to be like breakout stars. And Aaron mm-hmm. Williams, he, he took off pretty well. I mean, he did have the injuries and probably hindered him a little bit. But as a whole, though, Aaron Williams really did take off like we expected. But Matt Taylor, what happened with him? Can you tell me that? I mean, without getting too far into it. Well. You know, I, I'm not sure of the logistics and the specifics. I know he, you know, he stopped wrestling at Rockstar after a while. And I know he really only wrestled a few places. I know he was wrestling at a war wrestling in Lima. I'm not sure where else he was wrestling after that, but he just kind of, he just kind of got stuck in a standstill. And, you know, I know he still wrestles. I still see him post every once in a while posters and promoting for shows that he'll be on, but it's, you know, it's pretty few and far between. So honestly, you know, I'm really not sure what happened and and what kind of prevented him from expanding more. 
You know, I don't know if there yeah. were outside circumstances or if it was a decision he made or what. There, there's so many people I see like that that I, I saw as being, you know, like like they're going to take that next step in 2013, 2014 uh, in different areas. And he was just another one of those guys. And it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? You know what I mean? But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's injuries or whatever, it, it's really weird, though, to look back in our rankings and things like that and just say, God, I forgot all about this person. They were so good, but what happened, you know? So um, right. that's why it's kind of interesting to touch on the past a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But, okay, so so working with guys, it, obviously that's kind of a common thing now, except in the, the, well, at least the main promotion, WWE. But on the indies, I mean, it's pretty much the thing, and you're still continuing on to this day with that. How do you make something like that? I, I get working with somebody you know, but in terms of logistics of it, and I know working with Jessica Abbott's probably pretty much pretty close to this, but when you're five foot one, you know, hundred some pounds, how do you make something like that look believable? Because somehow when I watch women wrestle men, ninety percent of the time you all do an amazing job of making me forget that it's a woman versus a man, uh, and that the woman, you know, in the real world might not have as much of a chance as they do in the world of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in my personal case, you know, I do a lot of the same moves that I do to girls, I do to guys because I do a lot of, um, you know, a lot of kicks, a lot of, a lot of strikes, and you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you get hit, it's gonna hurt. If you get kicked in the head, it's gonna knock you loopy. So that's that's where I kind of try to aim is to do something that I know, no matter who I'm in the ring with, it would be feasible that if I kicked you in the head, I'll knock you out. You know, and that's. A lot of a lot of my offense is very strike based, and then like in terms of defense, yeah, guys might hit me with bigger moves on occasion, but a lot of the time it's you know reversals and evades and and stuff like that to make it you know to make it so that they don't they don't hit me and not you know put me down. You know what I mean? Like it's it. I'm, I know what I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm having a hard time verbalizing it, but um, that. That's basically what I do in my case. Mm-hmm. I just, I bring everything that I have. You know, I hit, I hit hard, especially for a girl. You know, there are a lot of guys in my training class that are like, oh, no, she hits harder than a lot of guys that I know. And, you know, it's like, I, I do, not only am I a girl, but I'm a small girl. I'm a little tiny thing. So no matter who I'm in there with, I have to do everything that I can, put as much power behind it as I can, and, you know, ultimately just do something that I know will affect whoever I'm in the ring with. Does that make sense? Is that, or does that sound stupid? Yeah, it does, because it's kind of like the idea of leverage. You know, a smaller person, uh, if if they can get leverage, they have a chance type of thing. So it, it makes exactly. sense. I mean, it's just hard to kind of put in words. I know what you mean. Um, but, but, you know, as far as the men versus women thing, does that help you as far as getting bookings? Because, okay, I'll give you an example. Like IWA Mid-South, yeah, they can say they have a broads division and all that. But let's be honest, the broads division consists of, like, three people. You know, right. and it's a revolving door. And that's true of a lot of other promotions, too. They don't have a women's title or a true women's division. Uh, it's picking up in a lot of places. Now, I know, of course, you can work in all the women's promotions that you do, but as far as working in some of those promotions that does, don't have a true women's division, has that helped you, you know, being willing and able to work the guys, you know, and, and getting more bookings? Well, yes and no. Um, yes, in that, you know, I feel like it's made me a better worker and a better wrestler all around. So I feel like no matter who I get in the ring with, 
whether I know you or not, whether I'm just meeting you for the first time, I can work with you and, you know, make a good match out of it. So it, it has helped in that. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the indie wrestling companies that I work for that aren't the bigger companies, you know, you know, the, the Queens of Combat, Shimmer and WSU, a lot of, a lot of those companies are companies that are trying to build women's divisions or that just bring in, you know, one-off specialty matches to say that they have a girls match on the show. So a lot of the bookings that I take outside of Rockstar really aren't intergender. There's been the occasional intergender match, but it really doesn't happen very often. It's not something that, you know, that an outside promoter really contacts me for. Now, once I'm in, once I've got my foot in the door, you know, I'm in a company for a while, then they're like, okay, well, I've noticed you've done this with these people and that with these. How do you feel about wrestling these guys on our roster? And of course, I'll say, you know, I'll say yes, because I, I don't have a problem with it. But it really hasn't, it hasn't gotten me extra bookings, really. This is something that would be impossible for me to, like, trace. You know, I can look up your matches and things like that, and that's fine, but um, what I don't know, and this is hard for me to know, is the promotion, you know, and you you may tell, I, I'm going to be surprised whatever you tell me because I don't know the answer. I really don't. Do promotions ever contact you, you know, okay, you're in a, you know, you're in a van load of guys or whatever that are going from Ohio to Chicago or wherever it might be. Have they ever contacted you, you know, as strictly like valet or uh, managerial work? You know, honestly, I can't think of anyone who's strictly asked me to be a manager or a valet. I mean, I've gone, there have been times where I've gone with the boys because I live uh, in Dayton. I live with a household full of guys and they're all wrestlers. They're all traveling on various weekends, going different places. So there have been times when, you know, if I don't have a booking, I'll hop in the car with them and then get a booking as a manager or a valet. But I've never been booked strictly as a manager or a valet. It's always kind of a, um, kind of a matter of circumstance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I kind of figured that's where it would, would end up, but it's kind of like hard to tell how many times that's happened or anything like that without, you know, asking the question. Um, okay. Right. So you touched on it and um, mm-hmm. I know this and there's a combination of, of, of funny things that work here. Okay. Number one, professional wrestlers are weird people. Okay. I know mm-hmm. this because I lived with a couple um, back in the early 2000s and, and trust me, I just know this, but, to live with a house full of guys on top of that, I have to ask you, what's it like? Tell us some stories. Well, okay, so we we have a basement that's full-stocked gym. I mean, like, there are weights, there's a treadmill, there's an elliptical, there's a Smith machine, there's a curling bench. It, like, it's it's like a full gym in our basement. So at any given point of the day, I'm going to be – trying to get in the shower or trying to get in the bathroom and there's going to be somebody who's, Oh no, I just, I just took a lift. I just, I just did a lift. I need to just take a quick shower. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then when you go into our kitchen, we have two refrigerators in our kitchen. One of them is specifically for the prepped meals that my roommates have. And then one of them is just kind of, you know, a general refrigerator. And then in the corner, there's an entire shelf, like, I'm talking like a, a four-shelf, like, structure just full of different protein powders and pre-workouts and, you know, uh, different vitamins and this and that and the other and, and BCAAs and all of this. So at any given point in my house, 
someone is either going to be downstairs blaring, blaring uh, music, grunting while they're lifting, trying to get in the shower, working around each other, or mixing a protein shake. And that's literally every day of my life, every day. Other than that, you know, they actually clean up after themselves pretty well. You'd be surprised. Other than that, you know, they do play their, a lot of video games in the living room. But it's really not as bad as you would think. I mean, there have been times where, you know, one of them has been in the bathroom for hours primping or grooming for a uh, a show, you know, because even though they're dudes, they still have to make sure that they're on top of their game and looking good for their bookings, their promotions, because if they look sloppy, no one's going to want to book them, you know? So that's, you know, that's, a, that's a funny thing. I don't think a lot of people outside of, of the wrestling world really think about how much of it, you know, like everybody always says, well, it's an entertainment business, but they don't think about the things that go into it for the talents involved. I mean, you know, on top of the, the primping and all that, are, are you involved in the uh, protein and the uh, the meal prep or, or is it just kind of too hard for you to roll along with? Well, I do, I do my own meal prep. I know uh, Dave, for instance, gets meals like ordered. Uh, he does like the pre-made meals and they get shipped to the house. There are a couple of them do that do that. I do my own meal prep probably about twice a week when I get the opportunity to. Sometimes things get a little hectic and I only get two once a week. Uh, other than that, I do get in the basement. I go lift. And then we do, um, we actually live very close to a cemetery in Dayton. So when we want to do cardio, we'll go on a walk through the cemetery and do that, which is, which is great. It's, you know, it's beautiful. It's peaceful. It's a nice place to take a walk. It really is. So I do all of that. They're a little bit more intense about it than I am, but I do partake in it all. It's also nice oh, because there, there are several of them that can kind of, you know, help guide me through it. Oh, you're taking this. Well, you should probably take this instead. You need a multivitamin. Make sure you get one with iron, you know, stuff like that. So it's nice having them around because they definitely kind of steer me in the right direction. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to one other thing as far as being around wrestlers and stuff or just other, you know, guy wrestlers is um, I'm, I'm curious of, of, all right, so wrestlers also sleep weird hours. Are you on, on a strange schedule or do you kind of have the normal real-life schedule of, of sleep? Or, or do you, you know, like, okay, like back in the day, I, I would know wrestlers who would, I don't know, they'd stay up for 36 hours straight and then sleep for 24 hours. It was really strange, you know, but it, but it's not strange to you all. So what's yours like? Personally, mine lately has been a lot of sleep. Like I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I quit my, my job, my 40-hour-a-week full-time benefits, all that. I quit that to focus on wrestling. So wh- while I had that job, I would get up at 6.30 a.m. Monday through Friday to get to work. I would work, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday, I would work nine-hour days. I would get off work. I would go straight to the Rockstar Arena on Mondays and Tuesdays. We would stay there until about midnight. We would get something to eat, go lift or, you know, whatever after. And then I would finally get in to bed, you know, sometimes between 1230 and 1.30 usually. And then get up the next day and do it all over again. So I was only getting a few hours of sleep a night at that point. And then on the weekends, depending on where I was booked, you know, driving to shows, uh, driving back from shows, I can't tell you how many times I've 
gotten the most of my sleep just laying at rest, uh, in my car at rest stops on the way home from shows. Like that was the majority of my sleep for a while because I would get so tired on the road that I had to pull over and sleep. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't make it through the night if I, if I tried. Now, lately, since I quit that job, I've been getting up and lifting uh, 9.30 in the morning, still doing practice in Rockstar Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on the weekends, still traveling, still getting car sleep, if we get sleep at all. But I would, you know, after practice, um, get a few more hours of sleep at least. So it's kind of, kind of been normalized the last couple of weeks here just because I've been using wrestling as my job, as my full-time job, instead of wrestling on top of another 40 to 45-hour week job. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. You know, to get rid of the shoot job and make professional wrestling, and this is where I assume you were going with this, professional wrestling Mm -hmm. is now the job. How hard of a decision Mm -hmm. was that for you? Uh, You know, six years in, um, some people, it takes, I mean, like Congo Kong was talking about this. It took him like 18 years before he quit his, his shoot job. I mean, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, I was honestly, a big part of it, um, was a conversation that I had with Sammy Callahan a few months ago. He came into town, stayed with us, did a seminar at Rockstar, and then was on the show later that night. And I drove him from our house to Rockstar for the seminar and I was talking to him in the, in the car on the way there and he was like you know I don't think you're quite where you can quit your job and make a living off of it yet you're almost there I'm proud of how far you've come you're almost there but I don't think you're quite there yet so hearing him say that I was like all right well then I should probably learn to market myself a little bit better you know get more steady bookings at you know better companies So that's what I was kind of trying to focus on doing for a while there. And I finally hit the point where I feel like, you know, I'm making money on my booking. I'm making money, uh, you know, merchandising and all of that at shows, uh, you know, selling things even online to people. So I finally feel like I'm to the place where I can live off of wrestling. Even if I'm not living, you know, comfortably right now, you know, even if I don't have extra money to go out to eat every night or whatever, I can pay my bills. And that's, you know, that's what I need is to be able to, to live and to put more into it because the more that you put into wrestling, the more you're going to get out of it. So I, it was a really hard decision for me to make, but I finally hit the point where, you know, I feel like I can't expand if I don't do this. I feel like I am going to plateau. I'm going to get stuck if I don't do this. So I just bit the bullet and did it. Um, okay. So. Along those lines, um, because I think this is I think this is kind of part of that whole question. Okay, so no shoot job anymore. Wrestling is the shoot job. Um, we've got the May Young Classic, which I assume is going to mean a whole lot of female wrestlers getting snatched up. Which I would I would assume would mean you know even more open spots for somebody like the Samantha Heights. Um, but along with that, you know, elevation up the card for somebody like a Samantha Heights, you know, if a bunch of people at Shimmer get snatched up or a bunch of people at, you know, wherever we're talking about, WSU, we can go across the board. Do you think this is going to, like, uh, help the, the women that don't get signed in a big way as far as the indies go and getting bookings, uh, especially higher up the card on the promotions they already work? I do. I absolutely think that it's, you know, it's going to open up more spots for people. But I also think 
the people that fill those spots are going to get compared to the predecessors to a certain point. You know, there, there's always going to be a, oh, well, you know, so-and-so got signed, so she took her spot. You know, she's not as good, da-da-da-da-da, you know, so on and so forth. And then I also think that there are going to be people who are like, oh, well, she's just trying to be this person. They just got signed, so she thinks that she can just take over where she left off. You know, so I think it's going to help absolutely help, you know, open up spots. But I also really think that there might be some shit talking that comes along with it just because of, you know, it, it is the nature of the beast. Wrestling fans are going to talk, talk about you one way or another. They're either going to love you or they're going to hate you. And I feel like in this case, there's going to be a lot of negative. Well, she's not as good as her. She's only in this place because she got signed. You know what I mean? So it, it'll help open those spots up, but I think there will be negatives that come with it. Now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and I know you've worked Shimmer before, obviously, you can look up and down your matches for that, but is this the first time you've gotten to work, like, a full weekend of Shimmer, like, you know, four full matches uh, two weeks ago? It is. It is. The first time I worked for Shimmer, it was just uh, one tag match the first weekend. Then I worked um, two matches in one day on the Sunday in November. Uh, They ran Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They put me on both of the Sunday shows, but nothing before that. Uh, then we worked WrestleMania weekend. I was in a four-way there. And then this this weekend, I finally was able to work all four shows for the first time, which was, was a great feeling. It really was. You know, having that opportunity to work that many times in that short of a time span was really refreshing. You know, it's something that doesn't happen very often. you got to tell me about working with cheerleader, cheer, cheerleader Melissa, because I think at this point um, – Cheerleader Melissa is like to independent wrestling uh, for women, especially like Reckless Youth was, like Christopher Daniels was, like Chris Hero was, uh, at least for Mm -hmm. women. And I think on some level she could probably even be up there with the men uh, as far as being that important to independent wrestling. Um, What was it like to work with her? I'm sure sure you've worked with her before, but I I don't know if you'd ever worked with her in singles. Well, so I had met her before on other shows, but I'd never worked her before. This is actually our first, uh, like, in-ring interaction whatsoever. So, you know, again, that's one of those one of those matchings that you hear about it, and you're just like, oh, shit, what? I can't believe this is happening. You know, it was very intimidating because, you know, you're right. She has been everywhere. She's done a lot for women's wrestling. So one of the first things that popped into my mind was, how did I get this opportunity? And then I immediately said, well, you know, you probably did something right, so just work with it. So she was she was very intimidating, and she's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to say rough in the ring, but she's very, uh, she's very much in control, if that makes sense. Like, there was one point in that match where I had her in a uh, knuckle lock. So, I, you know, I had her, her right hand in my left hand. And I went to run up the ropes and then jump off to give her a run. And she just yanked me down into a power bomb. And it was fully her controlling me that entire time, which is a, something that, you know, a lot of girls, a lot of girls can't do. A lot of girls can't control their own bodies, let alone someone else's. So, and I don't, I don't want to say a lot of girls because, you know, the upper echelon, they absolutely can. But, you know, I, I don't work the upper echelon. 100% of the time. So it was very surprising to me just how, you know, how strong she, she was and how easily she was able to control me. Uh, but that was, 
that was definitely a surprising match. Definitely surprising. So uh, I got to talk about the elephant in the room because I almost feel bad bringing mm-hmm. it up. But, you know, this was kind of the point I was trying to get to as far as, you know, a lot of the women uh, moving on up is going to open opportunities for you. And, and, I, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. It seems like in most promotions, uh, a lot of the women's promotions, that you've been kind of like the undercard, mid-card. And what I'm hoping, you know, opens up for you is that you end up being, you know, the main eventer for a lot of these places. I know it's got to be earned, and I get that, because you don't want that spot handed to you, and then fans mm-hmm. and wrestlers alike will turn on you. But um, um, do you feel like, I mean, is it is it youth? Is it inexperience? And, again, I'm not criticizing bookers, because I think a lot of the people that were above you probably are above you for good for good reason. But what do you mm-hmm. think it is that's kind of held you back to this point? And I don't mean held you back, because, like you're getting out, obviously, but you know, held you from maybe that top spot in these promotions. Well, I think you know, I think it might be a, a few things. Definitely, the youth and inexperience. Because in the grand scheme of things, you know, four and a half years isn't isn't that long. You know, I've been a lot of places. I've worked a lot of really great girls, but I'm still considered very green by a lot of people. So I definitely think that the youth and inexperience is part of it. You know, I also think part of it is image. I mean, you have to have you have to have something that's marketable for a main event spot. And you know, I'm very much the the girl next door type. I'm very much the you know, I don't want to say small and innocent because I'm not innocent, you know, uh, but that's kind of the feel that a lot of people get just looking at me. You know, a lot of people think that I'm in my early 20s and you know, I've even gotten as, as low as 18, 19 years old. And I'm like, that's way off. So I think that image also has something to do with it. You know, I don't think a lot of people feel like they can, they can really put someone in that spot if, you know, you look like a little girl. I've been, is, is, you know, trying like to work with thing? Well lately. I'm sorry, is, what was that? Like, is, I was going to say, is it like, okay, so you're not big enough to be a Jessica Havoc. You're not, you know, that size. And then, you're not like okay. I think you're very pretty. I always said this about Tracy Mary also that she was very pretty also, but she didn't didn't necessarily use that. And you don't really necessarily use that either. Is it because you're neither here nor there as far as those two things go? You know, you're not like okay. And Priscilla Kelly really uses her sexuality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's other girls that have their size on their side. And you're right. You are kind of like the girl next door. But, see, I think that can endear you to a lot of people, but then you kind of, and I'm not saying you get saddled with it, but a lot of times you end up working heel in places, and I always thought that you seem more sympathetic to me. Mm-hmm. And I get that a lot. I mean, there are people who who have literally said, wait a minute, you? A bad guy? Really? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of kind of dastardly sometimes. Sometimes it's not for me, but sometimes because I look, like a little girl, it just doesn't quite get where, you know, where I want it to be, where I need it to be. So that's absolutely it. And, you know, Crazy Mary is a, a great example. You know, a lot of people always said that her and I look alike or that they, that I remind them of her. And she is one that she was very fit, especially, you know, before she, right before she got signed, she was very fit in very good shape and very pretty, but she didn't flaunt her good looks. And I think that's part of my drawback is that I don't, you know, just put it out there for everybody to see. You know, there are some people that are very comfortable in that position and that can do it. 
And there are some people that absolutely can't. And there are some people that are stuck in the middle like me who have it and, you know, can use it when needed. But, you know, I just haven't really quite been able to bring that to the forefront with wrestling yet. You know, that's something that, you know, I'm trying to trying to work on myself right now is the next evolution of who I am, you know, get gear that's, that's you know, not flaunting it, not just presenting it to the world, but that accentuates it to an extent, you know, so that I can use that, that part of myself to get further and, and to, you know, to be taken more as a serious competitor instead of just, you know, a little girl. That's what I seem yeah. to get stuck with. Talk a little bit about Shimmer Weekend, uh, this, this past Shimmer Weekend. Obviously, it looks like they're starting to put a lot of faith in you. Um, I mean, you're getting to work the whole weekend. Now that you're available to do that, that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Did you get any feedback from, you know, any of the talents or, or like, Prazac? Did anybody talk to you afterwards and say, you know, you looked really good this weekend. We want to see you back for a full weekend and, and you know, up and on with you? Well, with – with Shimmer, there are typically, uh, because there are so many people, so many matches and so much going on, there are typically agents that you speak with after your match who are kind of, you know, uh, in charge of giving you feedback and the critiques. And a lot of the, the weekend, you know, I would speak with other, other veterans because my, you know, I, I don't know how, but somehow my veterans, my agents were, you know, doing something else or taking care of something else during my matches. Uh, but you know, a lot of the, a lot of the critiques and the feedback that I get are pretty similar in that it's usually, you know, just make yourself a bigger person in the ring, you know, make sure that you're keeping your personality, that you're not dying, you know, in the match, that you're keeping the crowd engaged and that, you know, that you're making the match, um, at, you know, as big as you need to, you know, that's the majority of the critiques I get there. There's never never a lot in the way of, you know, do this move better. You should do this instead of that move, anything like that, which me, a lot of the feedback and critiques that I get are character-based are, you know, making myself larger than life and, and having that charisma in the ring, because there are some times when sometimes I get so focused on a match that I, I kind of lose it a little bit. And that's one of the biggest things is just, you know, don't, don't lose it. Find a way to, to keep yourself and your presence there, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. Um, and, you know, when I think of Shimmer, I think of women's wrestling fans. And, and to mm-hmm. me, and maybe, you know, I joke a lot about women's wrestling fans. But, you know, at the end of the day, though, even though I kind of make jokes about because women's wrestling fans are a different breed to me. They're different than, than regular independent wrestling fans because I actually think that they're more respectful of the product, especially women's wrestling. And, you know, like I value that even though I, I have people that I know only like women's wrestling or like it more than most people, and I make jokes about that. But at the end of the day, um, talk a little bit about them. Like, okay, let's say you go onto a card where there's, you know, a mix of matches versus a card of all women's matches. Do you feel like that that you get a little mm-hmm. bit more respect on, on a women's card because of the the type of audience you're working in front of? I would definitely say so, especially with you know Shimmer in particular, and then that they had a really a really good crowd too. You know they they were there because it is some of the best women's wrestling. It's it's not just a bunch of girls showing their, you know, their TNA. It's not just a bunch of girls out there being pretty. It's a bunch of girls who have the looks and the talent. So, you know, they're there for the wrestling 
and not to see a wardrobe malfunction. You know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. There are still fans that no matter where you go, they're going to be jerks. There are still fans that are going to heckle you, you know, in one way or another. But the majority of the crowd is just there for the wrestling, not to make fun of you because you're a woman. You know, I've been on a lot of shows where it's, it's, it's a crowd strictly for the men's wrestling. And then as soon as the, the women's match gets on, all they do is yell at you, no matter who you are, no matter if you're, you know, a heel of face, good guy, bad guy, it doesn't matter. They just yell things at you and insinuate that, you know, that you're, that you're cheap and easy, no matter how good your work rate is. So that, you know, yeah. that's definitely something that I enjoy about being at the women's shows is that it's not people there who are just going to call me those names. It's people that are going to watch the wrestling and appreciate it for what it is one way or another. Oh yeah, definitely. It, you know, the thing I was going to ask you that, um, I, I can't sit here and say that, you know, six or seven years ago, I, I would watch a, a regular wrestling show and then not be bummed out when the women's match came on. Cause it was a different world back then. I mean, it was probably when you started training, it wasn't even, you know, up to par that it is now because I mean, okay. most women in wrestling, they were watching the Trish and Lita's nothing against Trish and Lita, but it was a different era. The era now, um, has definitely improved women's wrestling. But what I'm wondering about is when you work on those non-all-women shows, like in mm-hmm. AAW, you've got all these people busting their ass, I mean, the guys are busting their ass. Do you feel like you have to work that much harder to get respect? Um, you know, from an audience that just saw, you know, Desmond Xavier go flying over the top rope, you're like, how do I follow something like that? That would be hard for anybody. But then, you know, mm-hmm. you've still got that stigma to kick off. Oh, yeah. Now, in... And particularly, actually, I'm glad you brought that up, AAW, just over the weekend, I had a match with Scarlett Bordeaux at AAW. You know, on this same card was Sammy Callahan, was the OI4K versus uh, War Machine, Desmond Xavier and Zach Wentz, AR Fox, you know, everybody. Everybody that you could think of would have been on this show. And I had a, you know, five-minute match with Scarlett Bordeaux. So that match had the absolute expectation that it wasn't going to hold its own on that show. But we just, I mean, we went out there and we wrestled. We, you know, we came hard, we hit hard. And, you know, we didn't do a lot of, you know, a lot of flippy doodah stuff as a lot of people would put it. But what we did, we made count. So it ended up being, you know, one hell of a match. But that's, that's something that, and it was at their Bourbon Street venue, which is one of the bigger venues that they run in. So that was, you know, definitely something where I, I went into that match being actually being nervous, you know, being anxious, being nervous, having the butterflies in my stomach, not knowing, you know, uh, if it was going to be good enough, if the crowd was going to shit on it or if they were going to love it. You know, that, so that's something that, especially this last Saturday, I felt intensely. You know, there are other places where, you know, I I know that I can make the crowd feel however I want them to feel. There are other crowds that I know I can make them react the way that I want them to, you know, depending on just what I say to them or the, the faces that I make at them, you know, the way that I look at them. But with Chicago, you, you never know. So there are some times, there are some times when the, the pressure is definitely on. And then there are some times when I just go out there and I think to myself, you know, I got this. No matter who else is on the show with me, I'm the baddest bitch in the room, and I know it. I got this. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's just one of those that, like, I would think the pressure would go up. I mean, because AEW, they call it the, or, well, I don't know if people call it this, but this is my opinion. I feel like mm-hmm. AEW is the PWG of the Midwest, and they prove that all the time. And to be on a card like that, you talk about mm-hmm. intense pressure, I would, I would be having a stroke out there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was definitely something. You know, I, I was scared shitless. When I heard the match announced that I saw that it was the Bourbon Street venue especially, I was just not freaking out, mind you. But, you know, I was definitely feeling it even then. And then getting in the car, having that whole car ride to Chicago with the boys because, you know, they are they are the guys that I live with. These people, I am constantly surrounded by people who are always being put at the, you know, the top of the card. So that especially, like looking at them and thinking, okay, well, my roommates are doing this and this, and I'm doing this. I should probably step my game up. So that pressure is always on to an extent just because of the people that I'm around. You know, I'm, I don't mean this to sound cocky, but I am around excellence all the time. You know, the people here in Dayton, they are phenomenal at what they do. You know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. They are phenomenal to be around them. The pressure is always on on extent, you know. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So I mean, you just have to, you know, draw from that that experience and that wisdom there. So totally understand mm-hmm. that. But we talked about some big promotions, and I think maybe the first time I saw Samantha Heights was at a girl fight show. I could be wrong, um, but and I know you've worked a few, and I guess it really mm-hmm. boils down to the promotion that's putting it on. Talk a little bit about girl fight. That's one of those that. You know, that the Pondo and Crazy Mary were heavily involved with at the beginning, and then I don't know really what happened with it since then. They ran a show not too long ago, um, somewhere in random place in Kentucky. But, uh, you know, is, is mm-hmm. it a place that you're open to going back to if it's a promotion that, you know, you like and, and respect? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, with Girl Fight in particular, you know, I've never had a bad experience on one of those shows. You know, I feel like no matter who... I'm wrestling, you know, in that locker room, I can go out there and have a good match with any of them. You know, no matter, no matter who it is, whether it's Aja Pereira doing her superhero thing or, you know, Mickey Knuckles being a, a monster, you know, I feel like I can go out there and, and have a good match with any of them. And it's just, it's one of those places that might not get the most recognition in the world, but that is one of my favorite places to work just because of that. You know, it, it, there's not a lot of pressure. You know, obviously, you don't want to go out there and just shit the bed. You don't want to go out there and, and not care about your match. But it's one of those places where you can go out there and you can have fun doing what you love and still make it a great match without worrying about, you know, oh, am I going to slip on the ropes doing this? You know, am I going to am I going to screw this up? Because if you do, you just you get over it and you fuck you. I'm sorry, I almost cussed again. Um, you just, <laughs> You're okay. You just get over, you get past it, and you do your thing. It's so that's that's definitely a a locker room that I love to be in personally. So so in a place like that, or even Rockstar Pro, and again, I don't want to like uh, talk like Rockstar Pros, you know, a smaller promotion, but you know, because they get so many big names, but uh, maybe it's not known nationwide. But the the point is what I'm trying to make is that at promotions like that is that where you kind of try to try new things and and you know try some stuff that you probably wouldn't try at an AAW or a shimmer absolutely absolutely because with shows like that you know like I was saying if 
something doesn't come off the way that you want it, there aren't going to be thousands of eyes on you. There might be, you know, a couple hundred of eyes on you. There might be, you know, people that see you and, and will remember that and will bring it up the next time something happens. But, you know, it's not going to be something that everyone is looking at and watching you fail at something. So those are the places that, you know, you want to say, oh, you know, I've never done this before. I think I'm going to do it right now. And then you do it. If you do it successfully, cool. That builds up your confidence so that you can do it at the places like the AAWs and the Shimmers. And if it doesn't come off as well, well, you figure out what you did wrong. And then the next day you're at practice, you say, all right, this is what I did. This is what happened. Here's what needs to happen. This is how I fix it. And then you fix it. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you just, uh, you just did 45 minutes like it was nothing and you were <laughs> awesome. But I do want to do a little word or name association with you. Just throw out some names and, and give your thoughts. Do you mind? Absolutely. No thoughts. Do you want like wordy thoughts or do you want like, you know, one word answers? Like no, I like wordy thoughts. I like wordy okay. thoughts. That's fine with me. Uh, Cause I'll probably cool. they're confused if you give a one word answer. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Fair enough. figure out the one word. So, okay. Joey Ronnie, we'll go with him to start off with since you've gotten to work with him at Rockstar. Joey Ryan is just a bundle of fun to work with. You know, I've, I got to share the, lo- the Rockstar locker room with him a few times. Never thought I would get the opportunity to work him. When I did, I was just super excited about that match. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going on or what shenanigans, you know, he might want to do. Or, you know, for instance, in our match, he pulled out a a bucket full of gummy bears in our match, which was just something that nobody saw coming, you know. So that was, he's just a fun guy. I really like that guy. That match is available on YouTube too, isn't it? On on Rockstars, uh... it is. It is available yeah. on on both. I think actually, um, I think Rockstar released it on their YouTube channel as a free match. There you go, people. Find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Holly did um, from the West Coast. You got to work with her a couple times. What did you think of her? She was. I don't want to say she was intimidating, but she was. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? She was another one you just didn't know what was going to happen, but not in like a not in like a goofy way, you know. Like there are some people who are just just funny, and you you know you never know what they're going to do to get a laugh. With her, it was more like you didn't know what was going to happen with her being. I don't you know, and I don't again I don't want to use the word intimidating because she's not like an overly scary person. She's not like a huge monster. But she's definitely got kind of the the crazy feel to her. Like, you know, she might not be all there, you know? Yeah, exactly. She's like a Papa Shango or somebody like that. Exactly. So you never know what she's going to do next in a, you know, in a crazy manner. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, she came with Thunderosa and they seem Mm -hmm. so different. But together, they're exactly the same. They're crazy as all hell. So it all works out for them both. Oh, yeah. I love Washington. Okay, so here's one that you're more familiar with and one that you've known for years, but I uh, wanted to get your thoughts anyway because I think the name flew out at some point, but we really didn't talk about her. But Nevea. She, so, oh man, there are all kinds of things that I could say. She has helped me in wrestling so much. Without actually being my trainer, she's probably taught me more than any other 
single person in the wrestling business. I mean, she she's taught me about tag wrestling, which she, you know, the the whole Chris family, they are tag team specialists. You know, Dave and Jay being the Irish Airborne, the OI4K. And then when Nevea, she was actually one half of the first Shimmer Tag Team Champions. So she's done a lot of, of tag team wrestling throughout her career. And she's helped me immensely with that, you know, just learning how to be a cohesive team and, you know, a unit with someone. But she's also, you know, she, her and I have taken road trips together. We've gone hours on the road, you know, days even on the road together and spent a lot of time just talking about wrestling. You know, she answers all my questions. She gives me advice on this and that and the other. You know, if I have a question, what do you think about this gear? Do you think this would work better than this? You know, what do you think? So she is one person that I can honestly say has helped me with almost every single facet of wrestling that you can even think of, you know, she, and she's, she's a, a constant in my life because she's, she's at Shimmer. She's at Star. She's at WSU and Queens of Combat. She's everywhere. And she's one of those females who I really don't think gets enough recognition for what she does because she is so unbelievably good in the ring, but you almost never see her, you know, with the exception of just recently a rock star, you almost never see her in a main event picture or in a title picture. But she's one of those people who just busts her ass and gives everything she has every ring. So, I mean, I, I, I was throwing a parallel between you two when you were talking about her. I'm sitting here thinking that sounds like you, Samantha. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you haven't really been in most places in the main event picture, but you're still so important mm-hmm. hard every single time, especially at Rockstar. <laughs> well, thank you. But, well, thank you. And now hopefully. Hopefully other places too. Not to say that you haven't been getting around for a few years, but yeah, you get my mm-hmm. point, I'm sure. Okay, oh, yeah. so two. I'm going to throw two out at you because they're both in the May Young Classic, and you've worked with both of them, uh, Kimberly and Candice LeRae. Okay, so I, I love both of them first and foremost. Um, Kim, I know a little bit better. I've worked with her a few. I've worked with her a few times. I worked with her at Rockstar twice, and then at Shimmer once, and then I tagged with Candice LeRae at AAW. Uh, which was a lot of fun. You know, she's really, really creative and really inventive with everything she does. They are both just phenomenal people. Uh, Kim, I've known for almost the entire time that I've been training, even before I started wrestling. She was there, you know, also trying to kind of help guide me, push me in the right direction. She's one of those people who you can ask her anything, and she'll give you an answer with a smile on her face. I don't think she has a mean bone in her body at all. And then Candace. I mean, the same, she's just, she's always smiling and always, and she's not one of those people who is like, people say she's nice. Like she's just a genuinely good dude, you know? Uh, and, and I feel like, like, I don't understand how she's not, how she hasn't been in the E, you know, even prior to the Mae Young Classic. That opportunity for her is so well-deserved. I just don't understand how it didn't come sooner, you know? But they're they're both such phenomenal people and, and great workers. And two people who have also worked, you know, they've worked on the, the guys. They've worked with girls. They've worked everywhere in between. And they're two people who have really kind of helped pave the way for that being an acceptable option for wrestling, you know? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you wouldn't say this, but it's almost like, like – I realize you can find a place for somebody like that, but they've been around. They've done so much on independent wrestling – there's almost no place for them anymore. I, I know you can find a place because they're so important, but it's like 
what else do they have to do? You know what I mean? So that it's right. time. It's been time, and it's nice to see that, and hopefully it you know, turns into even more for both of them. I agree with that 100%. I, I can mm-hmm. say that about a lot of other people too. So, yeah. Right. Okay, so last name I'm going to throw out to you because uh, her name's getting more recognition um, recently for various reasons, and certainly none of them bad. Uh, Brittany Blake, she's one that you'd worked with um, for a while. I mean, different years. Uh, and Brittany Blake is one that she kind of flew under the radar for a while, but now I feel like her name's getting out there more and more. You know, she's one of my favorite people. She, uh, Her and I are a lot alike, actually. Um, we always, forever, we joked about, you know, tagging at different places and, and doing twin magic. Even though you can clearly tell us apart, we are basically the same person there have actually been people who have asked us, you know, if we are each other or if we're actually related, you know, things of that nature. So we're finally tagging together at WSU. Uh, we are the, the Sinister Sweethearts. And, you know, personally, I love it. I think it's a, you know, I think it's a lot of fun working with one of your best friends. And then there have been our singles matches. You know, we've worked in different states. We've worked in, let's see, Virginia. Ohio, Pennsylvania. I feel like I'm probably missing somewhere else. I know her and I have wrestled singles matches quite a few times. Jersey. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. she's one of those people who I feel like every time that we wrestle each other or wrestle together, we elevate each other. You know what I mean? Like she's mm-hmm. a lot of fun to be around. She's always down to try anything, and she's she's so. She's so petite that even I can pick her up and throw her around and, you know, use her as a weapon if I need to, which is always fun. Yeah, definitely. And it's probably a rare experience where, you you know, where you've got somebody similar size uh, to you or even smaller. So, I mean, that's a, that's a nice little thing to have with you. So, hey, I got to ask you a question about Dayton. What's your favorite mm-hmm. Dayton exclusive restaurant? Because I've been to Dayton before and I have one that I, that I particularly go for go to every single time I go to Dayton, but maybe you have a better recommendation. I used to go when ROH would run in Dayton, but they don't anymore, unfortunately. No, well, I love, I love zombie dogs. They, uh, they used to be just a food truck that would Mm -hmm. go around just during the summer. And just recently in the last year, they have opened up a storefront on Brown street in Dayton, like right off of UD's campus. And I'd have to say, they're probably my favorite exclusive just because they get really inventive with the toppings that they put on their hot dogs. And they, you know, they cater to everyone. They have veggie dogs, they have the beef franks, they have everything. So even if, even if you don't eat meat, even if you are a vegetarian and, you know, uh, or, you know, I believe they even have some vegan options. They're a restaurant. They have gluten-free really buns and that makes me yeah. happy. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally, Anything that you need, you can get something there. It doesn't matter who you are. And like like I said, the the ingredients that they actually put on their hot dogs, you know, they load them up, so you definitely get your money's worth. But it's so weird. There are there are combinations that you would never think of that are just phenomenal. You know, like they have they have one that's got a blue cheese crumbles and barbecue sauce and apples. I think it's called the the dead Dixie maybe is what it's called. It is by far my favorite hot dog that they have. I'm telling you, every chance that I get, I get one of those. 
So my favorite in Dayton was always Carmel's, and I'm hoping it's still around there. I don't know if you ever got to go, but it's a Mexican place there. And the reason I went once upon a time was because they had um, buffalo chicken potato skins. And I was like, I've never seen that anywhere else. And so I went there ever since then, but I haven't been probably four or five years. Um, Yeah, that sounds delicious. Have you been there? Yeah. I haven't. Um, I have not. I'm I'm trying to Google it now to see if it's still there. Um, Because, like I said, we used to go there every single time when we'd go to ROA. Yeah, it says uh, 1025 Shroyer Road, Dayton, Ohio. So if you get the opportunity, uh, go on out there. They've got Mexican food, but that appetizer is freaking awesome. So I don't know. I I just wanted to throw that out. But, uh, yeah, I tell you what, Samantha, you know, it's funny because I hit you up, and then I was like, I am, I'm like, what happened was I was going to um, get a guest, and then that didn't work. I had to do it for, like, next Monday, and then I had somebody else. And, and then what happened with Amazing Maria, I was like, this show is doomed. So I really want to thank <laughs> you for, for making the show this week. And, uh, by the way, you were, like, my favorite interview in a really long time. <laughs> Seriously. So I don't know how many podcasts you do, but you should do more if you get the opportunity because you do a really good job. Thank you. See, I always feel like I'm so awkward, but hearing you say that definitely makes me feel better. So thank you. And, you know, thank you for for thinking of me and having me on. You know, it's been my pleasure just sitting here and talking with you. Well, if you are awkward, you talk, and that's that means more to me than anything. It's the ones that give word, one word answers and sit there. I'm like, why the, you know, it's like, why did you even want to do a podcast if you're just going to, you know what I mean? Even if you're right. just saying bullshit, I do that every single week. I say bullshit every week, but like, it's the people that just sit there. It's like, why do you even talk then? I mean, why even, mm-hmm. there's no point, but anyway, right. um, so since you're living on a wrestler's income now, Let's make you some money. Talk about your uh, pro wrestling tea store, any of your social media, any of that stuff. Let's get people going your way. Oh, and last question, and before I let you get into social media, what do I have to do to get you back at IWA Mid-South? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. I want you close, not three hours away. Well, you know, now that I have the opportunity to focus on wrestling, all that it takes is there being a girl down there for me to work, you know, so uh, hopefully... <laughs> right. Well, she. Oh, she got hurt at Shimmer. So. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I heard about horrible, that. but. But you know, there. Uh, he asked me about a, a girl a, a little while ago, but I didn't have the opportunity. I couldn't get down there. Uh, but hopefully soon, I will be down there more often. You know, on a more permanent basis. It's one of the things mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, definitely working on. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll be happening soon. Uh, as for, you know, merchandising and all of that, I do have a pro wrestling tea store. I'm actually waiting. There are two designs that I have uploaded. I'm just waiting for them to get the okay to, uh, to be released. And then you can find my shirts there. You know, I've always got eight by tens. Anybody can hit me up Facebook, Instagram, um, or Twitter, any of the above. My Twitter and Instagram are at Samazing73. I'm Samantha Heights on Facebook. Always get a hold of me. I've got a, you know, I've got nifty little rubber bracelets too. So there, you know, there are a few different things. Anybody, uh, anybody who wants to get information on that, just direct message me, and I'll be glad to send any information over. So our our job with the Indie Power Rankings isn't just you know self serving to put wrestlers' names out there and say yeah we think this one's the best one or anything like that. Our job is to promote other people. So I, I want to ask you to do me a favor. When those shirts go up, can you do me a favor? Send out a tweet, tag us. I guarantee you we will retweet it and make sure that 
you know, our followers see that as well, okay, so they can go to buy your shirt. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. And and by the way, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully I'll be seeing you soon at IWA Mid-South, but I love seeing you getting out there. And, and it, it really makes me happy to hear that you're not working the shoot job anymore because that to me means that you're comfortable in your wrestling life. So um, congrats on that. And, you know, best of luck going forward. We'll talk sometime down the line, okay? Thank you. All right. You take care. You too. Bye. Bye. And everybody, that was Samantha Heights. Uh, you know, she came in on somewhat short notice. We're we're going to have Amazing Maria. And then Samantha replied to me because she uh, had her own hours going on. And so I was like, screw it. We'll, there, we'll have the uh, tag team champions on together. And then Amazing Maria gets in the accident with the pavement. Not sure what happened exactly. I don't want to put her business out there, but her face got destroyed, to be honest with you. I mean, she said it herself. Samantha said it, too. And so... Here we have Samantha, uh, and I love the interview with her. I like people that give me answers and honest answers, and, you know, I've always liked her as a wrestler because she wasn't like everybody else. She reminded me of Crazy Mary, but, I mean, she's different than most people, too. When we had Santana Garrett on once upon a time, she said, you know, that Crazy Mary was different, and that was her description of Crazy Mary. And you could say that about Samantha, too. She doesn't rely on her looks or slash modeling, like maybe an Amber Nova, no offense to her. I think that's there's nothing wrong with it, absolutely. Priscilla Kelly next week, we'll talk to her. That's a little announcement for everybody. On the Tag Team Top 5 reveal next week, Priscilla Kelly will be coming on. Um, for those of you that like horror, um, we also do Travis and Vic's Drunken Horror Adventures um, every Tuesday night. It actually comes on on Wednesdays. Um, and we did our George Romero tribute last night, which you can listen to on Filling the Void now. So feel free to do that. Um, if you like true crime, we've done true crime episodes. This Sunday I'm going to be recording Starved Rock Revisited, which is about the Starved Rock murders. Next week we're talking Son of Sam, uh, David Berkowitz. Um, but back into the indie you know, power rankings, uh, independent wrestling world, um, let me just throw out our little plugs for everybody. Tag Team Top 5 is up now. Indie Power Rankings, IPR.wordpress.com. You can follow us at Indie Power Ranking. Uh, you can head over to Spreaker to listen to any of our recent shows, along with the IPR 100 and Tag Team Top 50 mid-year update. You can buy our t-shirts, ProWrestling.com slash Indie Power uh, Facebook.com slash Indie Power Rankings, Twitter at Indie Power Ranking, Instagram at Indie Power Rankings. Um, if you like me, hate me, whatever you want to do, you can follow me or tweet me at PhenomenalTLD. Um, again, thank you to Samantha Heights. She did an awesome job. Uh, if she's awkward, I didn't notice it. So um, she did a great job. And uh, yeah, uh, I want to thank everybody who tuned in and listened to the interview and listened to the Tag Team Top 5 reveal. Be back next week with Priscilla Kelly, the number one in the Indy Power Rankings this week and the Shine Nova champion. Later on, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.